0: I love them! I don't care what anybody thinks! I love the Beatles for them and I'll always love them! Even when I'm 105 and an old grandmother, i love them!
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of the She Loves You podcast. I'm your host, Natalia, and this is the podcast where we take a look at the incredible women in the Beatles' lives, everyone from the wives, the girlfriends, the groupies, the alleged affairs, um, and the friends, and the really good colleagues, and so forth. So anybody that has been in the Beatles' lives in some way or another, we are going to take a look at them. Um, So I'm really excited about this episode, you guys. Um, It's probably the one episode... I've been looking most forward to doing just because of the subject matter and who we're going to be talking about today. And I also, because I have an amazing guest with me today, um, Nettie Safa, who um, is one of my favorite people in the world. She um, was my voice teacher for a couple of years, and I've known her for, oh God, a long, long time now. Um, And she's just one of the most, the nicest, most just, you know amazing people you're ever going to meet. Um, so I cannot I got wait. It.
0: I, I got it from Yoko. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, um, definitely. But um, yeah, and she's funny too, which is going to be great. Um, but I'm so excited. And today we're going to be talking about, speaking of Yoko, the amazing Yoko Ono. And um, yeah, I just wanted to say hello to you, Miss Nettie, as I still call her, even though she's not my teacher anymore, but it's still something I do. But hi, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Oh, gosh, I'm so happy to have you. Um, you're sort of what you call an, a yoga expert. You know a lot about her. So I definitely knew that you were the person that I had to talk to when it came to this episode, I think, in particular. <laughs> so I'm, I definitely am so excited to be able to talk about this amazing lady with you. Um, but yeah, and I don't know if you wanted to introduce yourself a little more, talk about what you do and, uh, you know, so forth.
0: Uh, my name is Nettie. You can find my YouTube channel and you can find me on itunes N E D I. I um i am a Beatle fan since um about three weeks before they broke up which was excellent <laughs> timing on my part and uh actually it was a uh article um in crawdaddy rock and roll magazine about yoko ono's performance art that back at that time it would have been 1970 um, clued me into my my first taste of performance art and how mind-blowing and wonderful uh, the performance art of Yoko Ono was. And and since then, uh, I've really enjoyed it. Two of my best Beatleist friends, because, you know, we make Beatle friends, like Natalia, you're my Mm -hmm. Beatle friend. Right. seen have seen her exhibitions in in Washington, D.C. and in New York and uh, have brought me things from it. um, But I haven't had a chance to do that
1: yet. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, that's me. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think that's what I've always said is the great thing about being a Beatle fan, right? Is we connect with so many like amazing people and we can just talk <laughs> about our favorite band and whatnot. That's my favorite thing. Um, and in doing this podcast, I think the great thing is I've been able to meet just incredible people and, you know, people I don't think I would have ever talked to had it not been me being a Beatles fan. So it's always great. Mm -hmm. Um, so, okay. What I'd like to do, like I said on the podcast is I'd like to give sort of a brief history of whichever woman I'm talking about sort of to get a little context on who she is and, you know, why she's so relevant, I guess, in Beatles history. Um, so I guess I'm going to start with, um, Yoko's early life. She was born in 1933 in Tokyo. Um, Her mother was a former classical pianist and her father was a banker, which I think is so interesting that music has always been a big part of her life, even as, you know, she was born. Um, she um, and her family were sheltered during World War II um, they were very poor at the time because of the frequent bombings that were occurring so and and you know Yoko even herself says that that had a lot to do with um, the way she ended up seeing the world later on because she knew violence from a young age and um, I think her, her mission in life was to always be against violence and, and I think it stemmed from living through a war such as you know the Second World War which was very intense and horrible um, she ended up moving to New York City with her family when she was a child. Um, And she enrolled in Sarah Lawrence uh, College in 1952, where she really discovered sort of the artistic bohemian lifestyle, which I think is so interesting because, you know, it was sort of her formation into what she would become and, you know, how art would be such a fantastic way of, um, you know, like expressing herself, which I think is so interesting. Um, She got married um, but it was quickly annulled because it just didn't um, work out Um, and then she actually did get married a second time um, in the early 60s and this was kind of when she was already really developing her um, sort of art and what it would become and she married um, a man named Tony Cox and together they had a child Kyoko and they were frequent collaborators and they would really show off their art together, and um, for a long period of the marriage, from what I discovered, uh, they stayed together mainly for the work. I think it was sort of a not a beneficial marriage, but they, they figured that it was better for their careers if they ended up staying together, but that all changed when she met a guy named John <laughs> Lennon, right, in the 60s, um, in 1966 to be specific, and um, I think, I, I don't know about you, but I've always found this meeting to be so interesting and just so amazing when we like really break it down and look at it you know we have that this woman is you know like showing off her art at this gallery that is so weird and, and interesting and <laughs> and just like the, you know like the weirdest thing you know that we have this beetle this guy who millions of people around the world know and he comes in happens to come into this art gallery and sees this woman's incredible art and is so affected by it that it just changes his life you know forever mm. and it's always been mm. so interesting to me and i love the idea that john i think he said even said you know i was so used to seeing art that was anti this anti with the war yeah. anti you know all of this and it just struck him that he happened to climb a ladder looked up at the ceiling with a magnifying glass and it said yes and that mm. was for him th- that changed everything right you know yeah. like like that was incredible I- what what do you think about that just because it's oh, so interesting uh, uh.
0: Well, it it meant something to him, but then when there was a piece where he could, uh, it it was like he, um, oh I remember it was a piece where you could nail something yeah and a, a John the, the the gallery hadn't opened up John asked if he could nail um, uh, do, go ahead and do the piece. And Yoko said, if you give me five pounds, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. S- asset. Yeah, yeah. And, and then when he said, I'll give you an imaginary five pounds to uh, hammer an imaginary nail, I think that's when there was a meeting of the minds and the, oh. they were uh, yeah talking the same language.
1: Definitely, <laughs> definitely. I mean, the thought that, you know, like, I'll do this imaginary thing if you give me the imaginary money. I mean, that mm-hmm. was just them coming together with all of their kookiness in a way, you know, they both had that in uh-huh. common. They both were, you know, extroverts and just really out there. And I, I think that was the the moment that really changed his life in a lot of ways. Um, oh, the, po- the power yeah. of their
0: imagination made it into that song, Imagine. Oh, definitely. And, uh, and we're all the richer for it.
1: Definitely, definitely. I mean, we'll we'll get on to her inspiration on John's music later. But um, what's interesting is that we know John was still married at the time to Cynthia. Um, mm-hmm. So this was sort of an inconvenience, you could say, in a lot of ways, because, <laughs> because, you know, obviously, John loved his family. And, and it was, I would assume it was I think it was a lot harder for him than he let on because I I think later in interviews, he kind of just said, Oh, it was whatever I left, but I like to think it must've been very difficult to have to kind of come to terms with, Oh God, I might not love my wife anymore. I might be falling in love with someone else, you know? So I think that must've been, a really crazy interesting time and with on top of all that i always think that they were creating you know sergeant pepper they were creating all these incredible oh albums gosh. at the time so mm-hmm. I, you know I, I always think like oh my gosh i don't know how we coped you know with all of that at once it just it's crazy to me um well it was yeah, the, it yeah. was the free it was the free loving um
0: 60s the swinging yeah. 60s and um when uh, yoko no when Cynthia went to Greece um, with Magic Alex the the weekend that um, he invited Yoko to the house, mm-hmm. he actually sued her first for adultery. Um, right,
1: right. Um, Which, you know, it, it's interesting because it, I had to drop. Yeah. <laughs> reading, reading Cynthia's book, you know, like it's just, it's so interesting that um, none of that happened. You know, I, I think it was, I don't know, I like to think that John, I think he felt really bad. Well, obviously, you know, he felt horrible in the way that he knew that he had to be with Yoko now. And I think it was more difficult for him to have to, like, face what was really going on. Instead, I think he put, like, that sort of pretense and said, oh, you know. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's sort of – it goes back to the yeah. idea that, like, John I, – I always say that John was a guy that didn't like to face his um, – his demons in a lot of ways. And I think that was uh, one of the yeah. hard hard parts of it. Um, that, yeah, yeah. That, that would be borne born out by um, once
0: that she and, and Julian um, shared a flight with John after the uh, divorce. And John sat directly in front of um, Cynthia and, and talked to Julian and didn't talk to her the whole way. And my impression was that it was a transatlantic flight but it was like he couldn't deal with Cynthia. Yeah, um, he said there was nothing wrong with that marriage except that it was always like, so when do we get started having fun? When? Do, when does it?
1: Yeah, does I, it get good. You know, definitely. I and think and I so yeah. About that. I I yeah no, and I think you know I have always said that the best period in their relationship was in the early years when I think it was just, they were college students. I think really the fame is what changed a lot of it for them. And I think that fame caused a lot of heartache and a lot of problems. Uh, And you know, it's not as though she didn't want him to be successful, you know, all she wanted was for John to be happy most of the time. So it just sucks that the one thing he wanted to, you know, be a musician, I think is the one thing that really ruined it for them in a lot of ways. Um, but ultimately, you know, he he did fall in love with Yoko and that was just something that mm-hmm. happened. And he couldn't, I think he, he was just done lying to himself and that's why he had to just, you know, break it off and just, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's why one of the reasons he also went so full into the Yoko thing, you know, like he was ready mm-hmm. to just throw himself in there and you know it was also because he loved her i think people forget that a lot of the time they always (laughs) say no for real i'm serious i think people are just like oh he was so obsessed but then you think about it and you're like well he was in love what do you you expect you know that i think people when they're in love yeah yeah, they do these crazy things um even even when paul visited them at the dakota later
0: um he said he said to linda well well they're in love there's just like it's like (laughs) what do you what do you trying to talk yeah, you can't really uh, I'm, I'm do anything. gesturing. You, you can't. You can't really uh,
1: um, break into the conversation. They're right. So right. <laughs> Exactly. Um, So, yeah, uh, going back to, I guess, like her history and whatnot. um, Yeah. So John and Yogo did eventually find each other. And this was um, sort of after, I'd say, when they got back from India, which I think was also a reflective time for John Mm -hmm. because he fully realized this is what I want. And, you know, it's going to happen. So Mm -hmm. they did eventually fall in love and uh, just you know, went forward with a relationship in 1969, they finally got married after she finally divorced uh, her second husband. Um, and mm-hmm. it was a big, it was a big event, not the wedding itself, but the honeymoon was the big event of the, <laughs> of the year really, right? You know, we have the bed in for peace in Toronto, in, you know, Canada and whatnot. And it, it was just insane really to the public and, you know, everybody at large. Um, well, I, I, yeah. I remember
0: in, in real time, so I was nine, Uh, In 1969, and um, it was on the TV, and my mom and dad, who are who are peace people, they 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 care about world peace a lot. They're like, "What are these two people doing in bed uh, talking about peace?" But I have the tapes of the interviews now, and something that the media never represented that you can hear in the interviews if you go look them up, is they were calling for a general strike, Mm. until. England got out of Biafra and America got out of Vietnam. So they were, it was actually for something. We, we were in bed growing our hair.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. And,
0: and if you support peace, go to bed and, and, and uh, grow your hair. And for any influence that they had, it was a pretty go- big call to call for a general strike until everybody stops warring.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, it, it. I think the the fascinating thing is that we know that this was for genuinely good cause, right? You know, we want peace uh-huh. in the world. Yet, so much of the press and so much of you know people in general took it in just this way of saying like they're just crazy. They don't, you know, like they don't. <laughs> what are they doing? They're just in bed. Like, who does that? You know. But I think. It, but but I think it's so symbolic in a lot of ways. You know, I think being in bed. The idea of being in bed is the most one of the most like peaceful things you can do. You know, just stay in bed just yeah. love each other you know i think um and and i have i've come across people that often tell me oh god that thinking is so naive you know the world isn't just all about you know peace and love but what else is the world for you know just chaos and violence you know it's i like to think of it that they brought something good to it rather than bad as many people think
0: and and, and why why I, I love john and i i even have a picture a framed picture of him in my room yeah um which is kind of extreme for for a sixty year old woman, but um, <laughs> uh, is uh, and I told my kids this. My kids are adults. He risked his fame um, for for peace, and he, he said, "We knew we were going to be followed during our honeymoon with the paparazzi, so we thought, well, why don't we stand still and and talk about what we want to talk about?" But he he was at, at the top of the world as the uh, Um, head of the Beatles, he was adored and he, he risked that. And I can't think of another example um, of celebrity that went out on, on that kind of limb.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think now, especially, I think it's even more rare that a celebrity would, you know, want to risk any sort of fame or accolade. so that's why I think it's amazing that I, I can't imagine this guy who created this in, like incredible band and is one of the biggest bands in the world just, you know, said, screw it all. I'm going to fight for peace with the woman I love and it's going to be great. You know, like that's just, <laughs> it's it's insane. It's really crazy to me. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I always, I always look at that and I think, you know, that's what love does, right? You know, like when we love anybody, you know, even if it's romantic or platonic, I think they just... Um, they showed the power of love in a lot of ways and i and i really yeah. i love i love that about it because you know i think for a long time it was hard for me to even really understand why john and yoko did the things they did when i was first becoming a beatles fan i think it was very difficult for me because i was i was really young then so i didn't really understand it but i think now looking at it it's it's so powerful and i'm just you know, like, I think that just shows what an amazing human John was and Yoko as well. Um, But yeah, so Um, when they say,
0: when they say, and they put it all over the world, and they, they did an anniversary of it, not too long ago, Mm -hmm. they meaning Yoko. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. (laughs) War is over if if you want it. And that's tremendously naive, say people, people say that that's tremendously naive. Mm -hmm. But it really is that simple. Uh, John said, If everyone wanted peace as badly as they wanted a new color TV, we would have peace. Oh, yeah. uh, This is something an artist does for society is is they take you and they shake you and they go, wait, look at it this way.
1: Oh, definitely, definitely, and I think, and that's what's great. I think about um, the idea of what Yoko did for John in a lot of ways. Is he was so in this sort of materialistic, you know, fame-ridden world with, you know, mm-hmm. more material things you could ever want in life. But I think that was what the one thing that made him so unhappy. And and when he finally realized like all that isn't important, I think he he became more whole in a lot of ways. And 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 it took meeting Yoko and 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 a lot of other things as well. I think, but particularly meeting Yoko go for him to really like understand that and um yeah I, I think that's just wonderful in a lot of ways, definitely. So you know i I met Yoko oh did you, did you know that? I did not know I that did. no
0: I did and it was a very Yoko type of meeting because <laughs> um it uh, it was during her uh, concert for her star peace tour, and um it I was in Vienna, Austria. where people go to a concert and uh, they wear their gloves and hats and sit very quietly and (laughs) (laughs) their pearls and their (laughs) shoes and and nobody was getting up, nobody was grooving and I just walked up to the stage and I uh, held out my hand and so Yoko's slightly above me and and she takes my hand and holds it for almost a minute just looking at me, I'm not saying anything because I don't have anything to say. And she probably figures that I don't speak English because we were in a German-speaking country. Right. And then she looks at me. Okay, this is going to make me tear up, but it'll probably make some of your listeners laugh. Aww. She says, I love you, which is something oh, she used gosh. to She used to cold call people and say, I love you. But she meant it.
1: Oh, yeah. Um,
0: and, and now I got to tell uh, your listeners, Yoko is very very pretty. She's very beautiful. (laughs) Oh yeah. So She does not photograph. She photographs worse than anybody. Um, She has these subtle angles to her face that remind me of the Disney Princess Pocahontas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Very etched face. And in in one book uh, called Summer of 80 that John Yoko had a bunch of pictures. um, He takes a lot of, I don't remember the photographer's name. He takes a lot of three quarter view pictures of Yoko um, that really show uh, her her lovely features because straight on the camera flattens out her face and you have that on top of the, the more hair the better look from the 60s that people are just right there was right. a statement of rebellion and you have this flat face with this frizzy hair and you're like what did he fall for but she's <laughs> right. she's she's really beautiful
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's, you know, even in pictures that I've seen of Yoko, even in the 60s, when she's with John, you know, she has these features that are like really pretty when you really stop to look at them. I'm always like, I think she was really like, I don't know, her features are so delicate. And I think that's what, you know, in real life, she looks that way. And then in pictures, it's just really, you know, like, I don't know. The, I, you know, I, because I'm the same. I don't photograph well. I, I am the, you know, I don't. I am the worst at being photographed. I never really? like getting. Oh yeah, yeah. I never like getting my picture taken of because it just looks horrible, horrible. I'm much better in person. I always tell people, I'm like, don't, don't, don't judge it. Trust me, in person, I'm, I'm a whole different person. I believe that because it's true. Um, but yeah, yeah. But pe- people's pre- people's
0: prejudice in this word word will probably come up again towards her um ha- also has to do with um with how she looks um uh, mm-hmm. yeah Albert Goldman, who wrote um many lives of John. oh
1: which we don't like yes <laughs> we,
0: we don't like he said and this is so revealing about him he said if yoko had ever worn a bra he wouldn't oh, have oh <laughs> god he wouldn't have written that book he is so annoyed by the fact that he she is, doesn't wear a bra. Oh, man. Which she doesn't wear for feminist reasons.
1: Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. He is, I mean, I would not expect Yoko to wear a bra. And that's not, like, a bad thing. I just genuinely know she's very much the feminist she is. And, you know. She's real. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, we get their marriage, which is great. Um, and then we get, you know, the Plastic Ono Band. And that's sort of that beginning of uh-huh. their, their music career. Together, really. They form this mm-hmm. super group. And it's... Uh, it's really interesting when you think about the John Lennon of 1963 writing, you know, like She Loves You versus mm. you got John Lennon writing Isolation, right, in 1970. Oh, wow. And you don't, yeah. and you, you're just thinking like, that only happened in the span of like a couple years, which is insane yeah. to me, which is crazy. And that's, side note, that is probably my favorite John Lennon song for just reasons. Wow. I, I've always loved that song. And I, I it's, it's the one. It's not it? Oh, yeah. It's the one song that I... When people think, "Oh, John Lennon imagined," and so forth, which is a beautiful song, of course, but I always mm-hmm. think of "Isolation" because I think that's the one song that is very much John in that period, and I I just adore yeah. that song. But yeah, yeah, um, it's was, interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: um, I I saw and I watched an old interview of myself, um, <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I said, it's because John is so raw and so real in songs like isolation and mother that we believe that he's real when he does something like imagine. Right. Because we know that this guy tells the truth.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And I think that's what Yoko also did in a lot of ways is she was able to inspire him to genuinely be truthful with the world and not, um, not Not be you know a bullshitter anymore, so I think I like to think that sort of plastic Ono band and all those sort of early albums were John really revealing himself to the world in a lot of ways um, but yeah we we get the early seventies and we get these incredible like two albums, and then we kind of get to one thousand nine hundred and seventy three which is sort of the <laughs> uh, sort of the period where the problems begin to arise between the two lovebirds. Um, and and you know, I think for, from what Yoko has said in the past, she said that it was a difficult time all around because of the fact that I was Mrs. John Lennon. Um, you know, you get to the yeah. you get to the part where people are just hounding you every day. I don't get my own identity anymore, which I think was the biggest struggle for her in a lot of ways because yeah. it was I was everywhere with John. I was you know at, on our bed in our honeymoon. I was you know like with him at every event, every premiere, every you know in the recording studio, 24 hours a day. And you know, even she realized like this is just nuts, you know, because I'm still Yoko Ono. I'm still the conceptual artist that I am, and I, you know, she still they, does it today. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they actually had a period of separation, which is very, very much talked about and often debated. <laughs> really, it is very much debated. And and John has penned it his lost weekend, which mm-hmm. is interesting because it wasn't a weekend. It was like almost two years. But, but I digress. Um, They were separated. Um, John had fallen in love with someone else and, you know, his assistant May Pang and went to live with her. And um, from all accounts, they seemed very happy and it was John was sort of getting into a mindset of kind of remembering the past a little bit as well, because um, he was doing a lot more sort of a Rocky sound, kind of his early rock and roll type sound that he was doing. Um, and also it was a chance for him to connect with a lot of people he hadn't spoken to, particularly uh, his son, Julian, which was a big deal because he hadn't seen him for a couple years. Um, yeah. And that was, that was a big highlight for him. He was very happy to be able to kind of get that uh, relationship back in a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah. also, you know, also Paul McCartney, that was a big one too. You know, he yeah. hadn't seen Paul for a really long time. And uh, it was great, I think, to for him to be able to reconnect. And like I said, they remembered old times and um, in a lot of ways it was it was a good I, I like I don't really view it as a tragedy because obviously when people think of separation of, of a couple, it's like all sad and gloom. But I think it I think it was good for both of them. I think they needed that time to sort of refresh think think about the important things in life what they you know like love about each other and and you know i i I always liked john's lost weekend even though it was like not a weekend but i always liked his (laughs) last weekend because it was uh it was good for him i think and yoko as well she was able to figure out what she wanted as an artist and um again the reflective period yeah uh,
0: um, i saw recently and i wonder if it was having to do with the peter jackson film coming up yeah I saw Yoko interviewed, and I said, "How did you feel when John announced the the breakup of the Beatles?" And mm-hmm. she said, "Disappointed, because <laughs> I was used to working alone, and John was not used to working alone. And I knew that he would want he would want to work together with me, and I wanted to be more free to be myself." Oh yeah. And, um, that is so the opposite of people painting her as conniving to break up
1: the Beatles. Oh right, right. That idea that she was willing to like break up this band. I mean like I oh, I I find it ridiculous that a, the idea yeah, that funny. a woman can break up a band, right, you know. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. And and even you know that idea that John was always with her and and I think she she knew deep down you know like I love this man but I need my space you know I need to be my own person and and I think that's that's uh that was hard for John because he was so used to people always being there and you know like I'm ready to be with you all the time and um yeah I mean that Mm. separation was obviously for something I don't think it was just because it happened I think obviously it was the best time for them to reflect and that reflective period led to them getting you know back together and realizing that they did still love each other obviously and that yeah, and, um yeah and and sean he wanted which is to great. have a child yeah, yeah sean, sean <laughs> which is great you know because after that um they, you know, she gave birth to him. And, and it's interesting because Yoko had already been a mother um, and mm-hmm. she was, she was a bit older at the time, which is, which was actually one of the complications they had for a while yeah. in conceiving. Yeah. I know She's that 44. she was older. Yeah. 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 So, you know, she was another thing, right? She was defying expectations. You know, the idea of old motherhood is, is, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's very normal now, but I, I'm assuming mm-hmm. back in 1975, it was just weird. Yeah. You know? It just hadn't been done. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, there's, and been done very often. yeah it's the great thing as about far
0: that. As, as far as did yoko break up the beatles mm-hmm. paul explicitly said no yoko didn't break up the beatles and ringo said no yoko didn't break up the beatles george participated in um several of her experimental films and was a big part of uh, revolution uh, number nine and um never said that she broke up the beatles and we know what john thinks So why do people think
1: that a woman broke up the bill? I think it's, I think it's, I've always said this. I think it's so easy for people to pin it on one person rather than admit Mm -hmm. that, rather than admit that these four men that we love so much were imperfect human beings, you know, and that they, you know, ultimately decided to break up. I think it's, yeah. You ever been in a rock band, Natalia? I, it's sort of my hidden secret. I would love to be in a rock band. (laughs) but i but i seriously think that i would also hate it because it is a rock band
0: <laughs> now i um my my boyfriend um is, is a professional and, and he said if Yoko didn't break up the beatles what did and i go i said from june 7th 1957 to uh april 9th 1970
1: and yeah. he went oh <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah i mean you look at rock bands right and even just like I, I always think, like, I call it the Fleetwood Mac era, right? I, 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 I've always said that 1969 was sort of the Beatles' Fleetwood Mac era of, like, I... What do, you, what do you mean by that? I mean, in the sense that they were just always fighting and were always at each other's oh. throats, <laughs> you know, and... and You know, the whole like, I'm sleeping with this person, I'm doing this, you know, so I think I always say, yeah, and you're totally right, you know, you're going from 1957 all the way to 1969, of course there's going to be, you know, it's a rock band, there's going to be problems, there's going to be tensions, there's going to be pettiness, and, you know, to blame it all on one person is just crazy to me.
0: It's always just
1: silly, it, but yeah. I think
0: because the Beatles also were dressed alike in the beginning and they had become a symbol of friendship, um, I, people were like, "How could that break up because mm-hmm. it, they had come to symbolize not just happy music but but togetherness for us, so yeah um, that was it, there was a confusion about why they could break up, why they couldn't get back together, and I think it's because they represented that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine because I wasn't there. You were, so you know better than anybody. I could have just imagined that breakup yes. was horrible I've for everybody. Gotten, I've just
0: gotten used to the fact that the Beatles broke up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Like I wasn't there, but I know if I was there, I would have been crying for months, like years even, you know, just I yeah, know that for sure.
0: On the, on the school bus. Are they going to go on without Paul? Because it was Paul's mm. announcement that he was "quote unquote" leaving the Beatles right, right. In, the, in the McCartney um, press kit that um, that finally hit the airwaves and stuff.
1: Yeah, right. It, it, which is <sighs> even though John had done it months before, like a year before. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah, which is interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I mean, that, you probably... uh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry, I get so excited. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: You probably saw in in the teaser trailer for Get Back, um, which is coming out this Thanksgiving. I can't wait, I can't wait. Oh, Um, gosh, yeah. That uh, Paul says it would be comical if in the future... They said the oh, Beatles man. broke up because Yoko was sitting on an
1: amp. Oh my God! I had to. I had no. Seriously, I had to stop at that moment because I was like, <laughs> "This man just predicted the future." You know, I think <laughs> he, did. I, he really did, and that's that's just like a testament to how like you know powerful her presence was at that time. Uh, you know, but and he, that's, said it be,
0: yeah. it hilarious. Hilarious. he said it would be would be hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah, because the, the you people know. Said that.
1: Yeah, which which is, <laughs> which is just testament to the fact that it's obviously not true, and you know Yoko it's not true. never once it's not true. pushed John out of that you know yeah situation uh, yeah but yeah yeah and and ultimately you know I I always like to think that you know after they had Sean and all that and they were finally sort of this uh, couple that was. I like to think of it as like John was the he he claims he was the stay-at-home dad, which house, I always found really interesting. Husband. Yeah, the house husband and Yoko was he, really doing stupid, their finances. His stupid assassin,
0: um, right. stupid is not even the word for it, said that he felt betrayed when John called himself a house, a house husband, a rich a rich house husband, which oh God. just makes my yeah. skin crawl.
1: And yeah, and it, I mean, we can't even imagine, I think what Yoko must have been going through at that time, the idea that she lost her husband in such a traumatic, horrible, disparaging way. And, you know, I think for someone that is so against violence and the idea of any of that, it just must have been like, how, yeah. could how, like, I don't, you know, She it, said it's that crazy, in the Rolling yeah. Stone interview, in yeah.
0: how could someone who had finally found peace with himself,
1: yeah. who was a peaceful man. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Just like go away I, the, the way he did.
1: You,
0: it's still yeah. heartbreaking. The um, the other thing you hear about Yoko is when she sings, she screams, and it it, it drives me crazy because <laughs> yeah. when she sings, she sings, and we've all heard it on "Happy Christmas," a "War Is Over," and we've also hear her high voice on "Give Peace a Chance." It's a very pretty mm-hmm. harmony that she does on that. And when she screams, she screams. When she sings, she sings. And when she screams, she screams. Yeah. And people in rock and roll scream. And she, and she screamed even more because if you think of the destructo kind of thing that um, The Who did with their instruments, right, Andrews right, did with setting his guitar on fire, uh, kind of the let loose screaming um, is also part of uh, free jazz and part of Yoko's. Um, Express, expressive art now there's one other particular voice that she does that's um how do you say it's like her signature thing
1: mm-hmm. like, oh, 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 ah, ah. That, right right yeah, oh, yeah i yeah. sound like a ch- i don't sound good when i do it i sound like a. Ch- <laughs> no you don't you're good you're good okay
0: now what that was developed for was a film film called fly
1: mm, yeah 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 yes yeah, I, i'm that, aware of it, fly yeah <laughs>
0: it was the voice of a, of a fly uh, um and she does do that voice and she has performed that voice and the fly was um representing what people have to tolerate in in particular what women had to tolerate and there was a drugged fly crawling, yeah, crawling over yeah i remember
1: body. i remember reading about fly in may ping's book cuz i it's out of print now but i managed to find it online through you know the dark webs i was able to find it online um yeah <laughs> cool when you said that was the it, dark was webs what was it called i love john was it was it loving john one? loving john yeah loving it came, john. it came out yeah. in the like the early 80s um and yeah mm-hmm. she was talking about fly or yeah the movie um and and she talks about it, I think, as, as an outsider, obviously, as someone that's just kind of coming into this. So she didn't really mm-hmm. understand it. But I did my further research. And you're right, it's it's the idea of what women go through, right? And, and the idea mm-hmm. that this fly is sort of crawling on a naked woman might seem weird to everyone else. But uh, I think deep yeah. down, it has an interesting message and something that, you know, was so um, forward thinking for the time, you know, even though we'd like to think yeah. that feminists were already trailblazing it was still very much uh yeah forward thinking um i just answered a
0: cora um comment that said who did yoko think she was sitting in with <laughs> the beatles and that question you know says who did she think she was it says that she wasn't an equal but john thought of her as an equal
1: mm-hmm. she
0: thought of herself as a, as an equal
1: <laughs> oh yeah they were,
0: they were participating and yoko had jammed with musicians before and it in the 50 something hours, that there's that lawnmower. <laughs> Does it bother you? No, can no, you I think it? it's
1: good. Yeah, I can still hear you. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, they, jammed, they jammed back. They jammed with her. Um, she was competent uh, on piano. And in fact, she even played Moonlight Sonata backwards for John when he wrote Because. And that's no right.
1: trick. To, that's no easy trick to play it backwards. Right. Which, you know, is so interesting because I, I, I talk to people and they're like, oh my God, that's supposed to be Moonlight Sonata backwards. I had no idea, you know, <laughs> which is so funny to me. Uh, but I, I think it just shows, you know, that influence that she had on him, you know, most of the time and all the time, really. Um, and it, and I think it's, it's, it goes back to Yoko's childhood, right? Her, this idea that her mom was like right. a classical pianist and, you know, she studied piano herself and... Um, it's it's just fascinating that she had so many layers to discover as a person, and so many, you know, like interesting things that you wouldn't have normally known. Um, and she and was, I she yeah. was
0: respected by she was respected by other artists. Oh yes, um, yes. And Andy
1: Warhol and,
0: and Keith Haring.
1: Oh um, yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: And, um, actually, after their wedding, I'm oh, sorry, I'm get, I'm looking for a cord. No, you're good. <laughs> to connect me to power. Um, after John and Yoko's wedding, they had lunch with Dolly.
1: (laughs) I did not know that. See, I really, that's amazing. That's incredible. I mean, and it just, you know, that just shows that, you know, she was such a real artist in so many respects. Um. You know, because I, I think people like to discredit that, you know, they don't even think that she's an artist. They just think she happened to have been John Lennon's girlfriend, wife, you know, breakup of his band type thing. So it's, you know, <laughs> she's it's fascinating on that end. Yeah. She's <laughs> still doing art. She did the She does the
0: light tower in um, Iceland. She did the peace tree. Yeah. Um, you send your wish on the peace tree.
1: Oh, yeah, I, definitely. I have to
0: plug... I have to plug in my computer. No worries, no worries. a question. (laughs) Technical, Um, technical. (laughs) Technical, technical. So um, Paul said, again, recently, that what he'd want people to know is that um, they're friends, that that he and and Yoko were friends, and she even stayed at their house, and they had a good time. Oh, yeah. He he said um, he used to think that she was pushy, Mm -hmm. but now he knows that she was determined and that's that old chestnut (laughs) (laughs) when a woman when a woman's determined or ambitious people read it as as pushy and and he he said he used to always ask himself what kind of woman is yoko which is weird too to ask what kind of woman but um he, he said he finally figured out that she's the kind of woman John would fall in love with. That's the kind of woman <laughs> she
1: <Yeah>. is. <laughs> which, which is, that quote is so interesting because it's, you know, here we have John's best friend, right? In a lot of ways, he was his best friend. And um, yeah. it's someone, even though I think Paul won't admit it as much now, but I think, you know, he, it was someone he looked up to, you know, and that idea that who could John fall in love with? Oh, well, duh, it's Yoko, of course, you know? <laughs> like, I just love that. I love that idea smart and Um, funny and (laughs) right right and and i think that's why i always get back to the idea that like they just loved each other at the end of the day and um you know i i I, going through what she went through especially i think after john's death um you know I, i i think she's a trooper in all respects and i'm you know, I'm very glad that I get to have a platform like this because I am bringing, you know, to light these incredible stories of these women, right, in Beatles history. Um, but it's also just because I want to bring women's stories to light in general, even if it's, you know, beyond Beatles history, it's always good to bring to light women's stories. But I think in particular, Beatles history is such a man's world in a lot of ways that I think... Yes, and yeah. that's
0: why it was... it was uh... Uh, raised eyebrow for yeah. the other beetles that she sat in, because yeah. it was an enclave that people, other people didn't get in.
1: Oh yeah, no, I mean you had to be like, it either you had to have known them, I think, when they were starting out, or it was like, you know, you are not trusted in this. Uh, unless I'm married to you, I'm not going to trust you. You know, so it's it's just one of those things. Um, And it's also interesting, you know, like the sort of comparisons, I guess one other thing that's kind of not really talked about a lot is the comparisons between Linda and Yoko Uh and how you and how you wouldn't think there are any, but there's a lot. (laughs) It's just the differences is people seem to put Linda, I think, on a higher pedestal and that's not to put down Linda. I love both ladies equally, but um, people will put her on a pedestal because she's Linda and not Yoko. There's so many similarities because, you know, Linda was a divorced mother, just like Yoko was. She was a f- artist herself. She was a photographer um, and she happened to have fallen in love with a member of the Beatles. And how did people react to that? Not well, like at yeah. all. They hated Linda. Um, the press called her like this divorcee, American divorcee, like how dare she get into, you know, this man's life you know paul mccartney the beetle that belongs to us and and again there's like so many similarities and paul again another similarity paul chose to have linda with him all the time just like john did you Uh know but yet people and you know know. what yeah
0: (laughs) ring ringo uh said what he learned from john he asked yes why is yoko with you all the time and he's and john responded to ringo it's so at the end of the day she doesn't ask how your day how was your day she was there and she knows Oh, all right. Stay, Ringo stays within arms' length of Barbara. They're, to, <laughs> they're together all the time, like John and Yoko.
1: Right, right. So I think it's it's so interesting that like people will put her down, yet you know Linda was doing the same thing, and you know Barbara to an extent too. You know, so it's it's just interesting the way that people will obviously pit you know like someone against everyone else, but. Um, yeah, no, I've our always, boys. R- our boys, right, uh, our which, bus- you know, which is, you know, it's sort of the fan delusions of the day and, you know, young girls thinking they owned one of them, which is just crazy to me. Um, I don't know, if, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you know the story, but, you know, the first time Linda actually came to Paul's house, it was in a car, and outside of his house, Paul would usually always have the bands, you know, just kind of out side right. of this like fence and she's pulling up in the car and you know opening the door to the driveway and the fans just are like scathing and are like oh my god who is she you know is this Amer- she's an american and a divorcee Ooh, you know what is what is Palsy in her you know so it's so interesting that they would have like these similarities but um no one talks about them which has always been interesting to me
0: wow yeah um I am I am looking like crazy for the power cord uh, <laughs> because I don't want to get cut off. Um, I do want to mention that I was listening to Yoko for fun, and I'm a voice teacher. Yeah. Uh, last week because she is one of my all-time favorite lyricists, and um, she she's an amazing poet. She's mm-hmm. an amazing poet. Um, she wrote "Bless You" for your anger. A song called "Revelation." Bless you for your anger. It's a sign of rising energy. Mm-hmm. If you turn it to love, it will bring you happiness. Um, she wrote, we're all water from different rivers. That's why it's so easy to meet. Oh, that is we're so all... interesting.
1: Yeah. I love there that. May not
0: be, there may not be much difference between Manson and the Pope if we press their smiles. Oh, my and God. I...
1: That's so great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there is an album of uh, Yoko songs covered by other people. Um, oh, I didn't know that. If, yeah and uh um it, it's so lovely uh, yeah and i think she she has a strong accent when she sings um but a little bit of odd turner phrase um she's been freed by
1: it oh my like gosh if we yeah.
0: press if we press manson and the pope if we press their smiles what's pressing their smiles but we all know what she means yeah um and and she's been a little bit freed by being an outsider
1: oh yeah um and I know poetry going to the poetry part of it I know that uh one of the reasons John (laughs) I guess fell in love with her in a lot of ways as well was the fact that he would he was I know kind of the period after they met he was reading her book of um poetry and these sort Mm -hmm. of like little sayings that she would say so I, I think it's great that you know like she's this poet that no one really thinks of as a poet you know she's this sort of (laughs) she's this sort of hidden gem um that just shows how much john fell in love with her mind which i think was the one thing that he he realized was you know beyond the exterior it's you know her mind and how poetic she is you know can can i read to you cleaning piece oh yes please do
0: five um this is from acorn her her books are grapefruit which came out mid-60s i think and um this is from acorn a m- more recent book and it's these are instructions exercises and you can do some of them this is cleaning piece five let a list of arbitrary names come into your mind as you go to sleep say bless you after each name do this with speed by keeping a constant rhythm so in no way you would hesitate to bless them Let a list of names come into your mind as you go to sleep. Say, I forgive you after each name. Do this with speed by keeping a constant rhythm so you would not hesitate to forgive them. You will find that sometimes you are blessing and forgiving people you never thought you would. Try whenever you remember to do it. Try whenever you feel stressed out. See what happens to your life. Oh, my gosh. And I did this. I found myself suddenly blessing a daughter of George W. Bush. I was like, wait a minute. How did I get here? (laughs)
1: Oh my gosh no but I mean that's just it's incredible you know I I really have to get uh grapefruit I think I, I have yet to like acquire any copies but I really have to get that and just like read and take I have to like take a day and just read Yoko you know and just like understand <laughs> her mind uh which is probably a, a good idea for an episode so you just gave me a little bit of a inspiration Um, uh, you know just taking the day to read Yoko Ono writing um (laughs) but uh yeah no i mean that that's just beautiful and it just shows what a poet she was you know and is still to this day. yeah
0: yeah she's 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 really lovely Uh, yeah imagine the clouds dripping dig a hole in your garden and 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 let them in uh put them in let them in on the side of the imagine album yeah is it i forgot oh i'm so afraid of our our connection going out (laughs) it's all right no worries you got this uh, really. I hear you. I
1: hear you loud and clear. You're good. You're good. You'll you'll for, you'll forgive me if it if it goes. I will, of course. I can never not forgive you.
0: Oh, I still <laughs> want to show you some chord, chords on piano for your songwriting.
1: Oh yes. No, we have to we have to get back to that because songwriting is something I think is just one of the most interesting art forms so definitely I want to maybe learn that and I have to be honest I have not been keeping up with my piano lessons as much as I should have but that's only yeah it's only because of school and it just gets in the way and whatnot but um yeah yeah ultimately uh I I think we've hit some amazing points about Yoko and I'm so happy that you know like we know better and I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add um
0: I look forward to get back coming out and yeah. people having, having their impression of the end of the Beatles and end of Yoka uh, adjusted. Um, she's not a perfect person. She, she can be pushy. Um, mm-hmm. um, as a, a woman surviving in a, in a man's world can be. And, oh and yeah. Yeah. Uh, also as um uh, artists have to self promote to an extent all all artists do paul uh, and and ringo have to too um
1: they are loads with self promotion um, <laughs> yeah um
0: but um uh, she really has a lot to offer as a artist uh in in the poetry if you're not into performance art i, I understand that that's uh for for savory tastes i think it i think it's uh, yeah wild when yeah you're,
1: Performance art is sort of a hit or miss, I think, with a lot of people. Like, either you really enjoy yeah. it and you understand it, or you're kind of like, I don't even yeah. want to go there. Yeah, so,
0: so so admit it if you, if you don't like performance art. Um, but it's not because Yoko's not talented. Uh, no, she no. She's talented than she can use in, in her life. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, it's sort of the idea that the... It's great because I always look at it like meetings of the minds. You know, we have yeah. one of the one of the greatest songwriters, probably the greatest songwriter of of any time, in my opinion. I've always said mm-hmm. that about John. Plus, this woman who is so eclectic and so just—I mean, like you—you you can't describe what she is a because I think it's a visionary in a lot of ways. They—they yeah. they happened to have met at an art gallery, and you know, it just created the you know we got some of the greatest songs out of it we got you know great films and great literature and you know i, I think that's uh, i think when it comes down to it and it boils down to it i think that's sort of the lasting effect that yoko had on john is giving him the idea uh, giving him the ability to be who he is and like be an yeah. artist and be an artist you know yeah
0: yeah um, yeah more than he he said once not everything i think rhymes <laughs> so, uh, yeah that's in, in skywriting by word of mouth, yeah yeah, um, yeah yeah. He, he, he might have outgrown the Beatles. I mean there was there's a, a lot to him, and including that he could leave the art world and um be a daddy. I mean, yeah. he, he was a rich multi- multi-dimensional person. So all I'm saying is give Yoko a chance. Absolutely.
1: No, I mean, seriously, let's give peace a chance and let's give Yoko a chance because, you know, at the end of the day, she's still human. I think people like to forget that. They like to believe that they're all super, you know, people and whatnot. Um, But yeah, no, definitely that's, you know, that's her lasting effect. And it's inspired me to really look at her work from a more you know, not as a critical view because, you know, people will obviously criticize it before even knowing what it is. It's, it's inspired me to, you know, get grapefruit, which I'm going to get, and I'm going to, you know, look at her performance pieces. And I have to say that my favorite Yoko piece that I do know of has always been cut piece that she did in like the early 60s. Bring it up. I, I adore. I adore cut piece. I mean, just for yeah. reasons that people would not understand. You know, what would you? What if if no one knows what cut piece is? It was a piece that Yoko did in 1964, um, where she essentially sat herself, sort of, in, not on a stage, but I guess just on, on any platform she was on, really, and she essentially would give people the access to scissors. And it's basically what it's called, cut piece. They would go ahead and take turns in cutting pieces of her clothes and she would end up you know, in her underwear and whatnot. Um, and I'm assuming in 1964, a lot of people did not find this good or even appropriate. So I can imagine that it was <laughs> she shocking. It she brought it back
0: about 10 years ago and, and Sean took the first cut. Um, it, it really hits me on a visceral level when you mm-hmm. watch her endure it. Mm-hmm. And um then if you put that together with, with some of the lyrics, um, from Woman Is the N word
1: yeah. World, you start
0: yeah. you start to understand um you start to appreciate in a deep way how we make her paint her face and dance. And it's been important it's been important to me. So thank you for giving me this opportunity.
1: To oh, to no, share. I have been so amazed and just honored to talk with you today because you're like, like, as I've said, you're one of my favorite people and it's great that oh, I, that yeah, you. yeah. I'm just glad that we have the Beatles in common as well because that's obviously something that draws us all together. Um <laughs> So I guess- the last thing, and this is kind of something I've been meaning, or I've been talking about with my guests, um, I have one last, I guess, and final question that I can ask you as a Beatles fan, because, you know, this is a podcast about the boys we love as well. Um, mm-hmm. What do the Beatles mean to you?
0: Oh, you know, my mother, who's 91, mm-hmm. asked me why, you Just like, I thought you'd grow out of it, and <laughs> I'm, 60, I'm 62 now, so what I did was I read her and then played her while my guitar gent- gently weeps. A day in yeah. the life, um, um, within you, without you, uh, um, Eleanor Rigby, like eight songs. And she, she's not English speaking. Yeah. Uh, well, she speaks some English, but she goes, "Oh, I get it. The world <laughs> is rough. This is what she she summarized. The world is rough, but the best we can do is love each other."
1: And I'm like, "Oh my gosh! Oh, you're
0: right, mom." She said something like, The world is rough. You can't count on things. So we have to count on each other. Yeah. I was like, yeah, out of the mouths of 91 year old babes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, definitely. And I think that's sort of their message at the end of the day, right? Is to love one another yeah. and, and, and and it's, you know, I keep saying this throughout the, throughout the episode, but it's that idea that they connect us this way, you know, cause we're all, you know, like yeah. connected in this little world. I always said I don't know if I told you, but I went to Beatles fest a couple of years ago and it was just so great to be able to see everybody just connected in this way. And, you know, people, we don't even know, you know, like I've met people I did not even know, <laughs> you know, but I'm like, I love the Beatles and like me too. So it was, it was so great, you know? Um. And it also has led me to talk to people I wouldn't have talked to you know I got to speak to uh, a couple Beetle authors and you know Beetle scholars and yeah um, I met uh, Jack Douglas who did the uh, oh yeah oh. I, I met him yeah which was it was interesting it was really really interesting did, did he uh, tell you
0: the mm-hmm. tell you the story about hitting his head he
1: didn't he did not he wasn't doing any sort of like speaking engagement he was just there um, I think signing uh-huh. like uh, I don't know if it was it his book i can't remember i think he was just signing the uh double fantasy album that people would you know bring to him um but he's he was very quiet that day i have to say he was very quiet so i don't know if it was just he was a little bit tired or he just you know but he but he was very nice and you know i said it's so i'm honored to meet you i, but, I, yeah. I assume
0: you saw Beatles
1: stories you saw Beatles stories i did i love that documentary one of my favorites yeah yeah. there's
0: yeah. a beetle stories too um but jack douglas's story about knocking himself unconscious and going am i a beetle yeah <laughs> a yeah it's <laughs> so
1: so great so great uh yeah i know i love it but yeah the, you know going back it's uh i love that we're beetle fans and i'm glad that we could connect this way um and i just wanted to thank you also because you're like I guess, like I said in the beginning, you're like the Yoko scholar to me because, you know, you know so much. And it was, it was so great to talk about her in this way because uh, I could have really listed like a lot of the problems a lot of people have with her, but I, I feel like that's so out- overdone and I, I was ready to yeah. really like talk about the good things about her. And I'm so glad that we were able to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I really thank you for coming on today. And it was, it was so great to be able to talk to you about this amazing lady.
0: My pleasure, and I wish her well, wherever she is. Bless you, wherever you are. And we got to get this out, out, out there. Oh, definitely. She's older, and and I want her appreciated while she's
1: still here with still us, still around to definitely to know how much we appreciate her. Definitely. Okay. So, yeah. all
0: right. Uh, so, well, in, in the tradition yep. of. Yoko Ono, I will tell you, I love
1: you. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) Well, um, I just wanted to say to all our listeners, thank you for listening to this amazing episode. I hoped you all learned something or two because, you know, we've given some great info on this lady. So go out, read some Yoko, listen to Plastic Ono Band, listen to her solo music because I know she has great songs too. So do that and more. Um, And I will see you on the next episode of She Loves Me. Bye, guys.